before Elliot comes to speak, I'm just going to read uh, to you it's a few smattering of verses uh, from Hebrews chapter 2. The scriptures say, What are mere human beings that you, God, should think of them? Or a son of man that you should care for him? You made us a little lower than the angels and yet crowned us with glory and honour. And what we see is Jesus, who for a time was given a position lower than the angels and suffered death for us and is now crowned with glory and honour. It was only right that he should make Jesus one of us so that Jesus and the one he makes holy have the same father. That is, he's not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. Because we, God's children, are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. We know that the Son did not come to help angels, but to help us, the descendants of Abraham. So it was necessary for him to be made like us, one of us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. It's nice to have you all here. My name's Elliot, and it's uh, our pleasure to welcome you to um, Christmas Day today here at Richmond. Thank you for joining in with us. Um, we hope you have a great day today and a great holiday season. We know this is the last time we'll see a couple of you for a couple of weeks as you go on holidays and have some rest and things like that. Uh, but we're looking forward to, again to meeting again on the 5th of January um, when we resume um, our gatherings here on Sundays. And we're so glad that you could join us this morning on a busy day often for many of us, uh, a distracting day, uh, a day with lots of noise, um, lots of fun, uh, lots of good things to celebrate. But it's good for us to pause and consider the true and real meaning of Christmas, uh, to wonder at what the Christmas story means for us now. Now, in the room today, I know we've got some families here who represent three different generations. I know that because I know some of you. I'm just wondering if there's any families who have four generations here this morning, all in the one place. Here we go. Elio's here with his parents and grandparents and great-grandma. That's exciting. Good job, Elio. <laughs> he doesn't even know. He's still mad at me because I didn't include him on Christmas Day in a manger on stage. <laughs> During Advent this year, we've been looking at the genealogy of Jesus, recorded at the start of the Gospels of Luke and of Matthew. And you may have, like us, wondered why both Luke and Matthew included a family tree in this story. Because it seems like an uninteresting way to start a story. But we've seen this December, as we've journeyed through this, we've seen instead that the genealogy helps to set the historical scene and help us to enter into the rest of the story that's told about Jesus. It gives us a glimpse of the many threads and expectations and promises in the story that all meet in the person of Jesus. How much do you know about your family tree? Someone in our church family has, a, has an interesting family tree. Greg's dad, Greg's not here, so we're going to talk about him. Greg's having a white Christmas in England. He's in the Cotswolds at the moment. You can check out his Instagram and see. Or Holly's, he's got better photos. <laughs> Greg's dad has 14 siblings. 14. That's a big family. That's more cousins than Ryan has, I reckon. <laughs> and today, 
Greg's dad's siblings collectively turn a thousand. Isn't that amazing? Now, Greg's made a spreadsheet to help everyone understand that, so you can ask him for that, because it is a little bit funny to get our heads around that. But isn't that amazing? In one generation, they have collectively a thousand years' experience of life. Now, Jesus' family tree was traceable thousands of years back, and Luke and Matthew record that, and there's lots of names mentioned in these genealogies. And we've focused on three, Jesus the son of Adam, Jesus the son of Abraham, and Jesus the son of David. These are three key figures in the story of humanity, in the story of the nation of Israel, and the story of the Israelite kingdom. And as we read the genealogy, we we recognize, and and we should recognize if we've been here for this journey, that Jesus is the goal of the whole list. The story all comes together in him. The story weaves its way through triumph and tragedy and ends up at the first Christmas. The story of the Bible, the story of humanity, the story of God's people, the story of God's kingdom all overlap in the coming of Jesus. And the genealogies begin to make sense of what was happening in that first Christmas. So I thought this morning we would just spend a few minutes looking at the very start and the very end of the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Right at the very beginning and right at the very end, we see some things that cause me to start to wonder what's happening. Luke starts with this line as he records the genealogy. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph and ends with the son of God. Jesus, the son of Joseph and the son of God. Now, you've heard the Christmas story. We saw a video of it before, and I was dared to get up here and start like Joseph spoke in the little video. Hello. And you've heard the story probably many times before, and maybe with more words in it than that version. And we're told in the story that the Holy Spirit causes Mary to conceive. So we might wonder, why Joseph? Why is Joseph even in the picture? And why did God choose this man? to be Jesus' family. And so I wonder if it had something to do with survival. Mary would not have survived on her own as a single mother. She wouldn't have had an income, a home, or a family. Actually, it would have been likely she would have been stoned and neither her or the baby would have survived. Having a father gave Jesus social status and acceptance in a community that would have rejected him without it. Without Joseph, Mary would have at least been rejected by her community and at worst killed. So maybe it had something to do with survival. I think that's part of the story, but I think it goes further than that. I wonder if it had something to do with God wanting to have a human experience. Because of Joseph, Jesus grew up with a place to call home, and a family to be a part of, and a vocation to work towards. Without Joseph, it is likely that Jesus wouldn't wouldn't have had any of these things. Jesus would have been homeless, he would have been out without a village community, and he would have been without a vocation. And these are all essential parts of the human experience, aren't they? A place, a family, and a vocation. We all crave it if we don't have it, and we love it when we do. The inclusion of Joseph in the genealogy emphasizes for us Jesus' humanity. Jesus, the not-so-ordinary, raised ordinarily. 
The circumstances of his birth were, are unusual, of course, and the first few months of his life were spent as a refugee as he fled the infanticide of a power-hungry local king. But the rest of Jesus' development seems to have been a very human experience, a place to call home, a family to grow up in, including all the extended relatives, and a vocation to learn and value. Jesus, the son of Joseph, is an affirmation of our humanity, the brokenness and the beauty. The story of Christmas is the story of God embracing humanity. Jesus experiences what it means to crave a place to belong to, a family to belong to, a vocation to meaningfully pursue. He walks and talks and breathes and eats and dances and cries and laughs and weeps and grieves. And he shares in the roller coaster of human emotion. And he builds memories filled with highlights and lowlights and the very ordinary. And he shares in community with people that are fun and life-giving and friendly and with people who are hard and hurtful and difficult to be with. And he works every day alongside his father. He has moments of joy as he finishes a, a piece of work on time and under budget and he drags his feet as he gets up for another day of doing the same thing the same way. The Christmas story, the story of Jesus, is a very human experience. It includes a birth filled with blood and pain and strain that we all came into the world with. Jesus is born in the dirt and laid in the mess of a manger. Jesus has a very human experience. And so I wonder if the genealogy includes Joseph so that we might know Jesus' full humanity. But I think we can extend our thinking a little further to understand that God becoming human and Jesus living out a human experience is an affirming act of God that says our humanity matters. That his great cosmic rescue plan was not just to grab our souls, but to reach into, to enter into, to be part of the earthy and blood and pain-filled experience of human life to redeem us, all of us, all of who we are, mind body, and soul. An astounding part of the Christmas story is that God became human in Jesus. This is a, a cause for wonder, isn't it? Wonder as the shepherds did, as people have for centuries. How in the world did heaven come to earth in Jesus? How did God become human? But our genealogy continues and traces us all the way to Jesus, the Son of God. And so the story of Christmas should fill us with awestruck wonder that God himself would enter our world. Now here I can't help but read the words that Paul uses in the letter he writes to the Colossians, a favorite poem of mine in the Bible. This is all about Jesus. He is the image of God, the invisible one, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created in the heavens and here on earth, things we can see and things we cannot. Thrones and lordships and rulers and powers, all things were created both for him and through him. And he is ahead, first above all else, and in him all things hold together. And he himself, 
is supreme. The head over the body, the church, he is the start of it all. Firstborn from what was to what is. So in all things, he might be the king. For in him, all the fullness of God was glad to dwell. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, yes, things on earth and also the things in heaven. This is all about Jesus, this baby Jesus. This is King Jesus. The Christmas story is the birth of a new creation, a new king and a new kingdom. The Christmas story is not just the story of an interesting historical figure, but a key moment in the story of humanity. The story of the Bible, the story of God, is the story of a God who renews creation, restores humanity, brings heaven and earth together in the new world. The story of Christmas is the birth of the one who begins to bring together the new creation. Doesn't that cause you to wonder? In the Christmas story, we find God becoming human. Jesus, the son of Joseph, entering the human experience, affirming our humanity. And in the Christmas story, we see God becoming human. Jesus, the Son of God. Amazing, astounding, wonderful. And so this Christmas, I wonder, at a Jesus who understands my humanity. So I don't have to transcend myself or my experience to find God, but that God finds me in my everyday, ordinary place, family, and vocation. And I find in Jesus the likeness of God, all the fullness of God. And if I want to know God, I get to know Jesus. And in him, we find a God overflowing with love and compassion and kindness. So this Christmas, today, what do you wonder about Jesus? Where in the ordinary parts of today will you appreciate that Jesus knows your ordinary? Where today will you be reminded of the wonderful news that God has come, God is with us, God is with you in Jesus? Jesus, Son of Joseph, Son of God. Let me pray. King Jesus, we want to lift our voices to you. We want to lift our hearts, our lives to honor you. This Christmas, we want to be reminded ourselves again, to remind ourselves, to retell the stories of who you are, of how human you are, and that you are fully God. And we wonder at this story. Jesus, we don't want this to just be the Christmas story, and we know what you call us to, invite us to. We pray that you will cause us to wonder more at who you are, to find you in the place and family and vocation of our lives, to see you engaging and affirming with us in what it means to be your creation, your likeness as humans. We pray too that we will wonder again at King Jesus, the King of kings, the one over all things, 
And it's him we worship today. This Jesus we can know and love and follow who invites us into his kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.